Expectation is the root of all heartache. William Shakespeare. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Rumble, or Facebook. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E .wisdomworthknowing.org. Expectations is the root of all heartache. What are your expectations for reality? Do you expect to be happy all the time? Do you expect positive feelings all the time? A friend of mine once told me a while ago, and and this really did stick with me, he said, at the corner of every disappointment, anger issue, sadness, is an unmet expectation. This is especially true for relational true for relational conflicts. We all go into things with certain expectations on how they should be. And when he said that, when he said that to me, it really really stuck with me. Like significantly, like I, I really I meditated on it almost for a week. It was amazing how deep that kind of entrenched itself. But this idea that we we all have expectations about life about our friendships, about our family, about our relationships. It is absolutely true. And there are parts of ourselves that we don't always allow to come into our relationships and friendships. There's these darker parts of ourselves, these darker desires, so to speak, that we cannot always reconcile into the reality of our situation. Because there's, if we base our, our, all, of our ex, all of our happiness on how we think life should go, and we make our feelings the central focus of how our life should be, then we're almost setting ourselves up for failure 100% of the time. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but our, my feelings are incredibly volatile. So when it comes to issues like a, a friendship or a relationship, for that matter, if I based my relationship solely on my emotions, I do not know how I could keep that relationship going longer than like even a day. I mean, I'm, I guess I shouldn't say that because it'll, it sounds like I'm, I have negative feelings towards my partner all the time, but that's not what I mean by it. But what I mean is there's a... Our emotions are so random and they're affected by seemingly innocuous thing. I don't know if you've heard the terminology halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. But if you find yourself in a very negative and angry and unhappy place, you ask yourself these four questions. First, are you hungry? Second, are you angry? Third, are you lonely? And fourth, are you tired? This this halt thing is immensely useful so are you hungry the reason hungry you ask is because our emotions are affected 
by whether we eat or not, right? So if we make our feelings the central focal point of our happiness, that means our happiness is tied to whether we eat or not. Not only that, but it, it's also tied to what we eat. What happens if you eat something that's bad and it makes you sick or just makes you feel terrible for the rest of the afternoon? Those feelings follow what we put into our bodies, right? So if our feelings are the central focus of our, of our lives and we are saying, oh, I don't feel good today. I must not love my job. It's like, well, no, maybe you're just hungry. You know, it's like if we if we connect these dots of our feelings to our purpose, which, by the way, our culture is, is, is doing on a ridiculous level. If we intimately tie our feelings in with our purpose and our happiness, it becomes a disaster. Let's move into anger, right? There's certain things that just trigger our anger. And so if we trigger this anger... Naturally, we're going to have negative feelings towards our job at that moment, our relationships at that moment, or whoever we're talking to at that moment. But that doesn't define those things, or it shouldn't. Same thing with loneliness. Loneliness can breed deep, deep unhappiness. But that doesn't mean our jobs are awful. It doesn't mean our lives are awful. We're just lonely at that moment. You know, we desire companionship. Tired. This is a big one for me. Lack of sleep. If I don't get a good night's sleep, I'm a, I just, I hate everything. <laughs> I just, I just do. I, I'm not, I'm not fun to be around. I'm not optimistic. I turn into a pessimist. And this is, this is really that, that danger of unmet expectations, right? Is if we don't reconcile the fact that we have extremely volatile emotions, maintaining anything for a long period of time will become increasingly difficult. Because we can go through seasons in which our emotions don't align with reality. And so the only way we can really seek out this, this opposite of heartache, so in, our, in other words, seek out any degree of happiness and joy, is to accept that our emotions are going to be volatile through this whole process. And I've talked about this on the show before. The, the, the happiness thing, I think, is incredibly elusive. Happiness in itself in and of itself, happiness and joy, I believe, are like time. You know, the more you focus on them, the more difficult they become to, to obtain. Just like if you're focusing on a clock, if you're waiting for something to happen, it seems like time goes in slow motion. And then you can get trapped in this loop where you just keep focusing on it and you keep getting frustrated because time keeps going slower and slower and slower. I genuinely believe happiness is the exact same. And I could be wrong about this, but in my experience, when I try to focus, the more I try to focus on whether I'm happy or not, the less and less happy I become. And the more my expectations wiggle their way into my current situation. Happiness is paradoxical in this way. And just like with time, if you get focused on something else, Time seems to just slip by. It just goes fast. And so if we, if we want to obtain any level of happiness, we need to get, we need to wrestle with this expectation thing. 
And there are dark parts of our personalities that we need to reconcile. We need to know that our emotions don't always line up with our realities. And so many of us spend time denying our negative emotions that we, we manufacture unrealistic expectations for our lives. Let me give an example. We don't come to terms with our lusts. We don't come to terms with our greed. We don't come to terms with our anger, with our tempers. We don't come to term with our, terms with our sadness or loneliness. We deny these parts of ourselves. We, we pretend they don't exist. But if you're part of the human race, sadness, anger, loneliness, fatigue, these are all part of the human condition. You don't need to look back or look out that far to see it. We all have it. We all have this darkness within us. I mean, you just, just turn on the news. And we need to learn to reconcile this darker part of ourselves so that we can have realistic expectations about our lives. If we struggle with anger, we can't expect to be perfect when it comes to issues that make us angry, right? And this, this used to be called, um, there's a word for it, it was called temperance. And this was in the, um, this was used in, for blacksmiths. And uh, what blacksmiths would do is they would rapidly heat and cool metals and then they would beat them. And they would beat them into shape and form so that they, they created a tool that would serve a purpose. That could have been a weapon, it could have been a wrench, it could have been a, a pry bar, whatever it might be. It could have been uh, a bar that was the foundation of a building. But they would rapidly heat, cool, and beat. Heat, cool, and beat. And this idea of temperance was was transitioned over to people, you know, in which we would temper ourselves and our dispositions and focus them. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But first, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of Audible, Audible audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowingright.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right. For 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org, and sign up for this exclusive offer for my listeners for a limited time right now. So this idea of tempering ourselves... You know, and I, until I until I started recording this, I didn't even think about this. But we we've created institutions to temper our runaway passions. And now that I think about it, that's probably why marriage, to a point, was invented. You know, to it was to take things like lust, for example, and to put them in a 
in a real-world boundary in which we can temper that desire into a constructive and helpful institution, right? And we do the same thing with greed. You know, this is why we, we go to work every day. Obviously, if we, we run away with this, it's a bad thing, right? But if we can temper and focus our energy, that desire we have, into something constructive and building something useful, then that's a good thing. Anger, maybe you have an anger issue when it comes to things like justice and injustice. Well, we can we can focus on a sport. That's a great way to expend, ex, expense that physical energy that comes from anger in a constructive and pointed way. If we have a hunger for justice, we can become a cop. We can become a judge. You know, we have these, we do have institutions that can act as outlets for these desires and temper them. You know, a, 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 a piece of metal without purpose is just a formless object. You know, but if we can take that darker part of ourselves and temper it and focus it on something constructive, then there's really no end to how useful and sharp that tool can become. Another cool thing about the tool analogy with blacksmithing is it was a craft. So the, the better the blacksmith became, the more precise and beautiful and powerful the tool would become. The better They knew what materials to use. They knew just the right amount of temperature and cooling to use. They knew just where to strike it and when to strike it, how to strike it. They knew how to let it cool the proper amount of time and then re-temper it the proper amount of time. You know, if you take this, this analogy to the extreme, it becomes amazing because the greatest blacksmiths who ever lived made the greatest weapons and the greatest tools that ever were designed. And we can do this same thing with this darker parts of ourselves. If we can temper this darkness in us and focus it on something, and, and just become better at that over time. Then we can really reconcile this expectation thing. We can stop expecting our feelings and emotions to be the center point of our happiness. Rather, we can take control of our emotions in these, in these cases and we can focus them on something. We are no longer at the mercy of them. Now, we all have these dark parts of ourselves and there's something I do want to kind of talk about briefly on this is that it's unhealthy for us to repress this part of ourselves and to deny the fact that we have it. So repression is one of the ugliest things we can do. It's to, to, to take these dark darker parts of ourselves and push them deep, deep down and pretend they don't exist. Because they man they manifest themselves in very ugly ways. They manifest themselves in resentments, anger, bitterness, revenge. It's like it's like a poison in our veins. And and I think a big part of that, it the cornerstone of getting through those that darkness in us is forgiveness. Is we need even if you don't accept the Christian idea of forgiveness, which is that Christ died and washed us clean so that we'd be completely forgiven, past, present, and future sins, 
you at least have to come up with some method of forgiving yourself today for what's happened in the past. Because we all have pasts. We all have dark histories. We all have things we've done. You know, this, this darker part of our nature that we like to pretend doesn't exist is just, it's laughable. I mean, look around you. We all have it. You don't have to look very far to see it come out, right? And so coming to terms with this reality of our situation is absolutely essential, I think, into overcoming this unrealistic expectation thing. I think until we realize what we are, our expectations are never going to be in line with reality. And until we forgive and learn the lessons, extract whatever lessons we can from our dark pasts and our dark history and those dark moments of our life, until we just extract what we can and forgive ourselves and walk away from them, our expectations are always going to be toxified by our inability to come to terms with ourselves. And maybe we need to write all this out and journal it. But I mean, think about that darkest thing that you have, whether it's a lust or a greed or an anger or a, what, whatever it might be. And realize that you share that with the human race. It is, it is not a feeling or emotion that is foreign to anybody else. We all have it. You know, it's, it's part of being a human being. The question is whether we are accepting it and focusing it on something constructive. Putting it into a institution that will be conducive for growth and building something. Like, a marriage is built, right? And none of this, by the way, is, is me trying to be judgmental. So I hope nobody perceives this as this. I'm grateful that my wife and I have been able to keep our marriage together for 15 years. And I do realize that that is a lot easier said than done. And there are dark seasons we go through. But it's something that we, we, you build, right? It's something that you put work into. It's the same thing for our careers. If we're focusing our greed on our careers, our greed energy, that's something we build over time. We temper. We become masters of that craft. Same thing with justice or anger or hunger for justice, right? We can we can become civil servants. There are legal and, and healthy constructive paths we can take to focus this energy. The worst thing we can do is suppress it and repress it. Because it will just boil. And eventually it will you will pop. The the water will overflow the sides. And it'll come out in ugly ways. Trust me, I've been there. So what are your expectations for life? Do you make your feelings the cornerstone of your happiness? I do realize that culture heavily reinforces this. They say, well, if you just don't feel it anymore, leave your relationship. Well, if you just don't feel it anymore, leave your job. Well, if you just don't feel it anymore, leave your friendship. Don't pay your bills. Don't go to school. Drop out. Hey, if it, if it doesn't feel right, just, just, just give it up. 
You could also just be hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I'm here to tell you, stick it out. Unless there is a dramatically good reason to abandon what you're trying to build, don't walk away from your tower when it's only half built. Don't walk away when you're from your marriage when it's only half built. Don't walk away from your job when it's only half built. Not unless there is a very, very good reason to give up the work. And, and in some cases, there is. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not judging. But no, because wherever you go next, guess what? You're going to have to start over one brick at a time. One brick at a time wherever you go. And maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you do need to walk away from something and start building somewhere else. Maybe there, maybe there's abuse in that relationship or workplace. Or maybe somebody keeps coming by and knocking down everything you're building over and over again. Maybe you don't have a partner that will ever, or a coworker that will ever work side by side with you because they refuse all of your desire to go to counseling or to reconcile or to come to terms or come to some kind of mutual understanding or now you can't expect your coworker or your spouse or your loved one to be the exact kind of worker you are maybe they're better equipped building different parts of the tower than you are maybe you just need to refocus realign change your expectations on each other focus on each other's strengths rather than weaknesses Rather than sitting side by side and criticizing each other for how bad you are at certain parts of the job, maybe you both need to do different parts of the job. The job that's more conducive to your strengths. But don't just drop your tools and walk away. Because guess what? The next job you go to, the next relationship you get in, your coworker or your partner is not going to be perfect. They might seem like great workers up front, but when it gets down into getting the work, getting the work done, it's it's a it can be a it'll be a mess. There you there will be things you're bad at. There'll be things that they're bad at. Our grace needs to fill in the gaps. So I genuinely I genuinely agree that this. This William Shakespeare quote is on point that expectations are the root of all heartache. If we have, especially if they're unrealistic expectations, if they're not in line with reality, and this is our expectations on ourselves, on our jobs, on our careers, on our families, on our relationships, whatever it might be. And the more we hold on to these expectations bitterly, I think the more elusive our happiness becomes. So we really need to figure out, and, and this is me too, we need to figure out how to focus on the work that needs to be done to work, to build our happiness rather than on the happiness itself. Because like I said, the more we focus on our feelings and how happy we are and how joyous we are, it's a paradox. It's paradoxical. Just like time. The more we focus on it, the harder it becomes to actually obtain it. So the best thing we can do is to stop focusing on it. Stop staring at the clock. Stop staring at your happiness. Stop staring at your feelings. Stop analyzing them, obsessing over them. 
Instead, focus your mind and attention on something you can build, something that you know will be a positive long-term solution for you for building a life worth having. You don't need to be a billionaire. Who cares? You don't need to be a millionaire. You don't need to be, just, just carve whatever corner life has given you. Make it beautiful. Make your garden of Eden. Carve out your little garden of Eden in the little corner of life you have. That's the best advice I can give. Because we don't get to choose which garden we're planted in. But we can we can take what we have and we can make the most of it. That's really all we can do. And I don't just mean materialistically. I mean also with our minds and our bodies. We 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 all have we were all given specific circumstances, honestly, I believe is a gift, so that we can learn to master whatever limitations are within our life. But all we can really do is take that corner of our life and make the most out of it. Make sure our house, houses are in order. Make sure our rooms are clean. Make sure our relationships are healthy. Make sure we're loving people well. Make sure we're working diligently. The, the, these are the only things we can do. And we can focus on those instead of our happiness. And I, I, I promise you, just, just experiment with this for six weeks. I promise you, happiness and joy will follow. They are byproducts. Just like when you lose yourself in an activity and time passes without you even knowing it, the same is true for happiness. If we can focus on the things that we know will lead to a better life, happiness becomes a byproduct of that. I hope I communicated that effectively. I want to thank you for joining me today. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe on the social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. That helps feed the algorithms to help the show grow. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please leave a review if you like the show. That helps the show get shared on all of those networks. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. For a limited time, my listeners get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now for this offer at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. So until next time, expectations are the root of all heartache. So let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today, because as always, that's all we can do. Have a great day.